0: everybody, welcome to Cindy Johnson on the podcast cindy it's so great to see your face.
1: Thank you it's good to be here, John.
0: You know that's the neat thing about zoom. We, we were just able to see each other before we got started here, and Cindy has one of the most amazing life journeys and testimonial and what we were just talking about in our prayer before we even. Hit record. You know, there's just so much happening in the world right now. And what we need more than anything is just, you know, spiritual, physical, emotional, financial healing that just exists when you're in a relationship with the Lord. And also, Cindy is coming out with a new book, right? Awakening, called A Diary of a Mystic. She's uh, an entrepreneur in the whole wellness space. Uh, Cindy has helped me. To recover, not through prayer and also through nutrition, and she's been in leadership and management roles for 25 years. I mean, seriously, we were talking about a kingdom warrior, Cindy. You're like you're who I think about, seriously. So I'm so excited to have you on. There, we're we're just gonna really have a great conversation about all these areas. And but here's what I'd like you to do is go back so people can get to know you a little bit and share your story. And We're gonna be really digging into not only what you've gone through, but what God has done through you in your life as you've been on this journey.
1: Okay. Well, um, I was not raised a Christian at all. And in fact, I had a troubled youth and really rebellious. And um, it wasn't until I was in my thirties that I ever really had an encounter with Jesus. And then later, I really was basically wrecked by the Holy Spirit in my 40s. And so my journey just really became on fire when I was introduced to several people that God brought in my path. But when I did meet Jesus in my 30s, my life began to change and I began to Model my job and my home after what I thought would be what Jesus would do. This, the old, what would Jesus do? I began to think about those things back in the 30s when I was in my 30s. And um, so I raised my kids then in the church and Sunday school. And um, I began to bring in different teachings into my workplace. And even the book, Jesus CEO, I just wanted to find out what it would look like to have an actual Christ centered business. At the time I worked at a car dealership and um, used cars and Jesus, you know, people might not think that they go well together, but in my case, maybe maybe
0: um, down South,
1: (laughs) Maybe down south, which that's where I live now is Mobile, Alabama, yeah. so maybe down south, but not really here, and so
0: because this was in Colorado, Fort Collins, right?
1: yeah, it was here in Colorado in northern Colorado, and so um it was very interesting, and um so I just began to study about Jesus, to learn the Bible. I had never read the Bible till I was in my thirties, and I really only read it when I was at church, you know I was just one of those study at church and then try and bring in what I learned that week into my business. And um, it wasn't until I was in my forties that I really became on fire for the Lord. And, um, it, it, what, what
0: prompted me. the change Cindy? Uh,
1: well, it's very interesting. Uh, there was a man that came to my workplace and told me that God told him to come and work with me that he was supposed to take his place on my staff. And I <laughs> you know, I didn't really know what to do, but I didn't want to disagree with what God might be doing. And so I told him I didn't have an opening. And he said, that's okay. I'll sit over here until you do. And so I just allowed him to come in. He brought his computer. He just kind of sat there every day and got to know people. And I got to know him. And because of his boldness, a job became open and he took it. And um, we began to have one-on-one meetings every week. And he began to tell me about the kingdom of God and about revival. And he opened my mind to a whole new understanding about what God is doing today. It turned out that he was part of the Toronto blessing and had worked with John Wimber. And um, he brought this freshness and one day even he brought a man to my workplace and said it was time for me to be filled with the holy spirit and love and light and power and fire and i didn't know what he was talking about
0: yeah when he Uh, first said that to you what was your reaction
1: (laughs) i just went you know what i did i said okay i i said okay whatever because i began to trust him and i knew that he had signs and wonders following him everywhere he went, even how he came to the dealership because God told him he was supposed to work there. And so we just went into a little room and they began to pray over me. And um, I was laughing because it was so ridiculous and so wild here at work, you know, having this experience. And then literally everything changed for me. I mean, I didn't feel anything really that day too much other than, wow, this is really crazy, um, but things began to happen to me. People began to come into my life and bring me a whole new outlook, and so I started a Bible study at work.
0: Now, you were you were running the car dealership, right?
1: Yes, yes, I was, and I just invited people to come. We met up in an attic, us and the mice in the furnace got together, and uh, just really, began learning more and more about God's promises for our life. And I think we maybe had a dozen takers at the time. I don't know if some people wanted to just have a break or some wanted to, you know, see what the boss was up to and some. So these were
0: employees, these dozen folks that were showing up.
1: Yeah. Employees. I just offered the Bible study and then people began to engage and it just started there. And then we would have Bible studies before uh, work began and people came, and it just grew, and we went through books together, and we went through scripture together, and I began to pray for people in the dealership that worked there, and, and then eventually, people would make appointments to come in and receive healing, and then we began having guests from different... Wait, places.
0: wait, can you talk more about that, Cindy? So people just heard you say people would make appointments to come in for healing. How did that come about?
1: Yes. Well, the word got out because we were also having Friday night meetings at our home and the community was invited and we would have anywhere from 10 to 70 people in our home at any given time, depending on what was going on. And so it really was an explosion. It was a personal revival for me. And then it seemed to touch the people that were around me. And so at one point there was a woman that needed to go home because she had a toothache And she needed a root canal, but her husband didn't have any insurance. And this was at the beginning of when all this began to happen. So I just felt led to pray for her. I just really touched her face and God showed up. He backed me up and he took all the pain away from her face and she didn't need to go home. And then her husband let her know weeks later that the insurance was active. And uh, she said she didn't need to go because she didn't have any more pain. And then a couple months later, she came running into my office and Mm. sat down because she had just had a yearly cleaning, and uh, she was blown away because the tooth had actually grown back in. And the dentist was wondering where she had gotten her tooth fixed, and she was able to have a witness and told her that Jesus fixed her tooth.
0: Okay, so what did this all do for you? Like, is your, is this is you're seeing God moving? around you, through you, in people that you're in relationship with? What was going on internally for you during this period of time?
1: I was jumping up and down for joy. I was experiencing the scripture in Mark that says, signs and wonders will follow you wherever you go. And so I knew that it was for today, no matter what anybody said, or no matter what different churches were saying, I knew personally that God was following me wherever I went and he was standing strong as people were healed, really at our home, at work. I have a story about my son being healed on the basketball court. I I recorded all of this in this book that I just had published and actually just picked up this week from the printer about the hope that's found in Jesus and the keys that we can grab hold of to have this supernatural life and how we can bring it into our workplace. We can do it on the sly. We can do it, you know, with a covert action. I did it out in the open because I was young and I was really excited and God was just showing up. My hands would heat up and I knew that somebody needed healing. And so this wonderful anointing came upon me and it has just grown from there. It's taken me from being the lead at a corporate business to missions, to owning my own wellness gallery and touching people all over the community. And then to Mobile, Alabama, where I have a consulting business. A, I'm called the Joyful Wellness Guide, and I can meet with people one-on-one or over the computer and seeing people healed. And so it's been an amazing journey in leadership and management and ministry all combined together.
0: Well, it's beautiful. And I'd like to go back to, for you to talk about your own personal hearing, because you said, you know, when you met the Lord, you were rescued. And I know, uh, you know, a little bit about your story, right? Rebellion, you said, alcoholism, drug addiction, you described it to me as bitterness and unforgiveness. And I know those are some places that really, for a lot of us can become some spiritual strongholds that really hold us back from, I think, really a full relationship, both with other people and with the Lord. What happened there for you to just put all that in the rearview mirror the way you did?
1: Well, what happened with me is I was, I I had just begun working at a BMW store as a salesperson, and I was not a Christian. I was, I considered myself, I guess, an agnostic uh, atheist type that You know, maybe studied comparative religion and just knew there was something, but didn't know there was anything, and just Mm -hmm. wasn't experiencing anything um, other than frustration and alcohol and uh, trying to have a family um, in the midst of it and trying to earn a buck. And so one day a man approached me at the dealership and saw my frustration and hopelessness and it was the end of the month. I hardly had any cars out and he approached me and he said, you can ask Jesus for anything and in his name, he will bring it forth. And I didn't know what he was talking about. I knew Jesus as a, an ancient teacher, but I had no idea of any power that he might have but I was so broken at that point that I actually sat and listened to him tell me about Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the Savior, that Jesus is alive and well and working in people's lives now. And it was a mini encounter. I mean, it, didn't, it wasn't a physical experience at that point, but I just did what he said because I didn't know what else to do. And so I just began to talk to thin air. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I was just thanking Jesus for car sales. And pretty soon I started selling a car every day and I ended up being salesperson of the month. And so I thought there is something to this. I was praying about my business. I was praying about sales. And I began to see a manifestation. I hadn't taken an altar call. I hadn't confessed My belief in Jesus, I was merely speaking to him as though he were there, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. And so after that happened, he invited me to go to a a big church meeting along the front range, and uh, I had an encounter, and God touched me, and I felt like I wanted to surrender everything. I was weeping and releasing all of this pent-up.
0: What was that encounter?
1: Well, I, I was just sitting at the end of a row. I mean, I wrote about it in my book. It was so dy- dynamic. I was just sitting there at the end of a row all by myself. My family didn't go with me. They didn't know anything about church. They didn't want to go. You know, I mean, my husband and my kids were still little, but... So I just sat there by myself. Uh, My friend didn't even go. I was just there. He had invited me to go. He didn't show up. I was just sitting there alone. And all of a sudden, I felt this heat and this light just overtake me. And I began to weep, and people were trying to hand me a Kleenex. And I was just like a wreck. And then I went up for the altar call and I confessed Jesus is Lord and they took me back and did the thing that they do they talk to you and and then that was over and I went home and I was so committed that I talked my husband into going with me and so we went for a while but I felt like God was mad at me every time the preacher was talking to me I mean I had this great encounter of love I had this experience of the supernatural um And then here was the pastor telling me how angry God was at me and how I was a sinner. And so we ended up not going anymore after about a month. And then it was five years uh, after that before we got connected in a community church that um, was an e-free church uh, that actually talked about the love of God. And so I, I sat there every week just hoping to have another encounter, hoping to have another encounter. And I really didn't. So it wasn't until when I was in my 40s that I actually did have an encounter when the man came to my work Mm. and uh, told me that God told him to come and work there. And then that's when it all began. That's when I had this infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that's when I began to have the healing gifts, and the prophetic was part of my everyday life and i brought it into the workplace and we saw miracles and um, pretty soon just the word got around because we had the meetings at the house i went to church four days a week at that time because i was so hungry i just wanted to know what god was up to i was just in the middle of everything and god delivered me from drugs he delivered me from alcohol he delivered me from junky food bitterness. He taught me about forgiveness. I had no idea about any of these things. And so because of his love for me and his promises and his word, I was able to pull that into today. And that's where I am today, just completely seeing revelation in all the areas of my life, from relationships to work, to opportunities, to leadership. It's been an amazing journey.
0: You know, you, when you talk about miracles, um, you told me that story about the man that came in that had a broken leg. Would you mind sharing that story? Because that to this day, it's something I still think about.
1: That was really a crazy experience. So I was just sitting at my office. We had all glass walls in the dealership and I was just sitting there doing work. And one of my sales People brought in a customer, they were actually having, uh, they were dating or something, and the man had just got in a car accident and had just had his femur put back together and was just getting back on his feet. He was walking with crutches, could not put any weight on that foot. And so she brought him into my office and I had him sit down in a special chair that I just kept there. Um, I always knew Jesus was with me. I called it the Jesus chair. I knew he was with me in that chair. And so when people came to visit for healing, I always had them sit there. And so he sat down and I just walked around the desk and laid my hands on his leg. And it became like ice. I mean, I felt warm, but he said it became like there was a cold pack on his leg. And I asked him to stand up and see what God had done. But his daughter was freaking out, and she was yelling at him and telling him, no, Dad, no, because that morning, he had barely touched his foot in the shower and thought he was going to pass out. I mean, can you imagine it, having your femur broken and then put back together with hardware? what The pain that must have been involved in that. And so I said, okay, just use your crutches and stand up. I mean, I didn't want to cause a scene. <laughs> right there. So he stood up and he didn't really feel too much. And so I had him set back down. He still was feeling pain and I had him set back down and I just prayed for him and God had an encouraging word for him. And I released that to him and I said, good day, you know, God is with you. And he just walked out my door And I went around and sat back down in my desk and I looked up through these glass windows and here he was walking across the floor, holding his crutches out on both sides. And his daughter was yelling at the top of her lungs, this is real. This is real. And it blew my mind. He ended up going back to work early. It was just an amazing experience of how God showed up. But what's really cool is a month later, his daughter, because of this miracle, came into our home to a home meeting and brought her boyfriend that was part of a gang in that area, and they both took Jesus as their Savior. And that's what miracles do. It shows that God is for us now, whether the miracle is getting a job in the middle of COVID, or finding a new opportunity, or being delivered from hatred and offense, or being physically healed, walking out of a hospital, being healed of stage four cancer, uh, whatever, to know that God is right there with you in a tangible way. And so that's been my walk and my joy is to see people healed in all those ways. Mm.
0: So be- thank you for sharing that. that. That is so powerful. And you know, when people come to you though, and you know, sometimes God's answer is, well, you know, the, the healing sometimes doesn't happen. How, how do you process that?
1: Well, that is something that has happened. And when that does happen, I begin the inner healing mm. because sometimes there's blockages for healing like unforgiveness, hatred, unbelief. There's other things that can be blocking because in Mark 11, 22 through 26, Jesus says, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can move a mountain if you truly believe that you have already received it. But first, go and forgive so that God also forgives you. So that's one of my main scriptures that I stand on. So when I see that people aren't being healed right away, we go through inner healing. And I have people bring up uh, maybe some offense that they have experienced and we go through forgiveness. And right there helps people begin to move into their healing. So it even happened to me not too long ago. I think even after I've talked to you since the last time, John, I felt like I was coming down with an illness. So I felt in my own body, was I holding offense? Mm. Because that, even at John Hopkins, they talk about how unforgiveness can create illness. And other universities and medical centers, they're finding that Mayo Clinic, how forgive unforgiveness creates illness in our own body. And even in scripture, you know, bitterness creates uh, havoc in our bones. I mean, it's in Proverbs. So, so I started asking the Lord to show me anyone that I had offense that I hadn't dealt with or unresolved bitterness and I just sat there and prayed and I had nothing I was like because I had thought that I had dealt with everything I, I try and live a, a life of forgiveness and repentance and I couldn't get a thing no faces no names but that night I had a dream and it seriously was an all-star cast <laughs> of people that I had unresolved conflict with dating back a decade. And so I, the next day I woke up and I began to forgive them, bless them, release them to Jesus. And it was an amazing time of prayer. The illness was, had dissipated. And what's really cool is that a week later, a gal that I had not spoken to for two and a half years because of something, some crazy thing that had happened, not on my part, but on her part, she apologized to me. She reached out to me after two and a half years of silence and Mm. apologized for what had occurred. So by prayers, forgiveness, and releasing these unresolved conflicts, it not only helped me release whatever illness was coming upon me, it opened up a door in the spirit realm for her to contact me and apologize. So it is a big deal. It's not an option for us not to be forgiving because Jesus says forgive sacrificially seven times, 70 times. Now that's 480 times. That's a lot of forgiveness. And that's beyond what we can do ourselves, but He's given us grace for it. But that's part of my uh, ministry is to bring people through this forgiveness to help them release what is affecting their, their bodies.
0: Mm. That is so powerful because I, I know coming out of my accident, and so many, there were so many wonderful and beautiful things that happened, but there was also certain people and things that happened that were probably as difficult for me and my wife as recovering from the accident. And and that forgiveness, and maybe that's something maybe you and I can even talk about uh, after this interview, right? Like really digging in in those places where I really feel like I have forgiven, but um, have I, right? I think it's worth examining just like you did and bringing it before the Lord and saying, hey, is there some things that maybe I think are good, but they're not really where they need to be? Does that make sense?
1: Yes and I would be glad to because sometimes they're hidden you know with cell memories our cells communicate and what we're finding out even in quantum science and some of the other physics that I'm learning about that our heart has a brain and so that bioenergetic energy that magnetic energy reaches out five feet around us and it carries information that can be in there until we can deal with it. And so we actually carry all of this with us. And we know that when we walk in a room, we can tell if somebody had just had an argument because it's in the air. It's in that bioenergetic energy around their body. And so when we can hone in on what's happening in somebody's even sometimes in their subconscious. Like I had an experience yesterday, even with my aunt that's in her seventies and what had come out was a uh, guilt that she had carried and kept her feeling down and unworthy concerning a situation that was a complete lie and she shouldn't have been carrying. But through tears and forgiveness and releasing it to Jesus, she felt lighter She slept longer. She felt better. So it's all part of that inner healing that I love so much to help people through, to walk through, and also bringing in that supernatural goodness of God, like the instant miracles that I've seen.
0: And what I love about your story for people listening to this started with you, you're at work, you're trying to bring your faith into work, God brings you somebody and you just start out with a Bible study. And you just start serving the people right there at work in a car dealership. So, and I, I just want people to realize that when you're in partnership with the Father, wherever you're at, whatever you're sitting, what, whatever you do Monday through Friday, there is enormous opportunity and space for God to step right in there and start doing incredible things. You, you don't have to be, you know, some public figure. You just right, don't you think that's right there in your life, just when you really connect with the Father, it's amazing what can happen just not only in your own life, but everybody around you that you get to touch. As you're like you said, right? You were seeking what is God's will? What is he doing out there? And you were just had this heart to like do whatever it took to join him in that, didn't you?
1: Oh, yes. It it was. I was just hungry. In my book, I, in my last chapter, I have Six keys to my personal awakening. And in that is the forgiveness and some other of the things that really helped me. But one of the things that I wrote in here is that if you want it, go get it. Because God said, seek and you will be and you will find. And seeking and knocking, he says, keep knocking. He doesn't say knock once and then see if you can find anything. He says, seek and knock and he says kings search out the mysteries right that god puts them there and then kings search them out and we're king priests in the order of melchizedek so we are part of this kingdom right here on earth and we're ambassadors for the lord in whatever we do and the miracles that follow are amazing he's he's not a man that would lie he tells us that we're colors with christ and so what does that mean that all of this is ours and I mean, it's amazing. So he loves us through our shame. He loves us through our alcoholism, our drug addiction. He loves us into righteousness that we find in the blood of Jesus. I mean, we can't find that on our own. He brings us into righteousness and wraps us in that cloak of glory. And so when we realize who we are and, and who he is in us, then our life cannot help but change. But the question is, is are we willing to seek? Are we willing to knock on that door and knock on that door and knock on that door until we fall through it right at the feet of Jesus. And, and when we do that, I'm telling you, I was not disappointed. I was not disappointed. And I, and I have that hope that when people are out there and that knowing that, that they won't be disappointed either.
0: Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that. And tell, tell us what you're doing now. Like just for everybody out there, if you want to connect, Uh, with Cindy. Uh, Your website is Moringa, which is, let me spell this for you, M-O-R-I-N-G-A, MoringaOasis.com. And there's a story behind that name and what Moringa is also.
1: Uh, Yes, yes, yes. I have a business that I love, um, called Moringa Oasis, like he said. And you can also reach me at Cindy Johnson at moringaoasis.com if you want to connect. Um, but I had a prophetic word. I was on a business trip in Brazil and I was just standing there minding my own business in the cafeteria. And a prophet comes up to me and tells me that he sees a tree growing out of my back all the way to heaven. And I didn't know what to do with that. And when I don't know what to do with things, I put them on a shelf that I call my shelf of remembrance. And so I put it on that shelf and if it comes back again to me, then I'm supposed to search it out. If not, then it wasn't for me or whatever, but I just put it away and see if it comes back to me. And so I came back to the States and, um, I was in my early morning meditation and saw giant greenhouses, and I thought that was interesting because uh, the only thing I ever did with plants really was let them die. You know, I would water them at work; <laughs> the plants always died, and I, I never dug in the garden because I don't like dirt. You know, I had all this stuff, so I saw this and I thought that was really interesting. And then I went to work that day, and I have a word of knowledge run across my forehead. Like ticker tape in bold letters that asked a question, which is not how I think. So I knew it was from God. The question was, what is the healthiest plant on the planet? And so I Googled it and it came up to be the Moringa oleifera tree. Okay, so I have three messages now from the Lord. I have the prophetic word. I have the vision of these giant greenhouses. And then I have an actual word of knowledge that leads me to the Moringa oleifera. I had to take it seriously. And so I began to research it. I sent my husband out to California to a growing school because I was still working to learn all about the Moringa. And then I went myself and in the meantime began just learning everything I could about the Moringa because I felt like God had his hand on that and wanted me to move forward in this Moringa tree which is the healthiest plant on the planet and also the newest trending superfood in the US it's been around the southern hemisphere forever but brand new to the US within the last 30 years
0: yeah you and really- let me just share too because when we first met you gave me some that i started using in my the i had this cr- you prayed for healing because I had a really bad upper back and some nerve pain in my neck, just I mean I had so much physical damage. My accident. The morning we met, and I felt so much better after you prayed, but it wasn't gone. But then I started using the moringa, and it just reduced my inflammation. And you know what? I uh, I was eating relatively healthy. I just started adding it to some of my smoothies, and I got to tell you, I'm a true believer. Because like you asked me, hey, how am I doing this morning? I'm like. I virtually pain-free. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm gooder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it that you're gooder, John. I love that (laughs) word. Gooder. I love it. Um, yeah. And so we just began to develop it. we, um, during that time too in Brazil, a prophet named Blaine Cook, I don't know if you know him, but he helped start the vineyard and now works with Randy Clark at Global Awakening, called me out. I mean, he just called me out of the group and had this word for me that my position was gonna be splitting at my job and I was gonna be going into business for myself and called me up in front of everybody and they prayed for me. And you know, it was quite the encounter. And so again, I just put it on my shelf. And I was like, I didn't know what God was doing. But within about six months, um, I had made the decision then because God was preparing me to move into a new thing. And so I left that job of 20 years and went into missions work in Mexico where my husband had already gone. He, he had gone down before me and the very first thing he did was walk into an orphanage in Nuevo Laredo, Mexico and there was giant moringa trees growing there and they didn't know what they were but that they were told that those moringa trees would bless them they didn't even know what they were called. And so my husband was able to educate them on the Moringa and the value in it nutritionally. And it was, it was a blessing. And so we were able to work at that orphanage with the Moringa and then send seeds down when we got back home uh, for them to grow their own orchards uh, with the people that we were doing ministry with. So we've really had a good time with this Moringa, but um, I have uh, different products on my site and I, uh, My book will also be located there uh, within the next day or so. Uh, Well, it will be located there um, by the time you hear this. So anyway, (laughs) you can go there. But uh, right now, I had gone through a time in Trinidad. We felt like that was our assignment down there. We did prayer. We walked the streets with others from Colorado, calling uh, Trinidad the... um, heart change capital of the world and helping to flip the identity and um, calling the river runs through it, the river of life. And so we did our time in ministry down there, just bringing new hope to the people that we encountered. I had other wonderful times of healing in the shop that I had there and was uh, also having meetings in our hallway. We called it the hallway to heaven down there having um, ministry meetings with many people from the community ended up coming and we were able to pray for them and into the community. And so I had a retail store there and uh, a man was actually healed of stage four cancer. And I just talked to him recently and still doing well after almost two years, they had given him a life, uh, a death sentence and we refused it. So it was really great there. And then I was led into a ministry and a fellowship down in Mobile, Alabama. And so we moved there because uh, God had prepared the way for us. And so we're opening a gallery down there and I've been able to pray for many people. And now I'm starting teams with a new business and doing team building again and working in leadership also, which opens the door for ministry that I never would ever have imagined. So it all works together.
0: Minus and work. All right, guys, you need to connect with Cindy. She's amazing. MaringaOasis.com. And just as we wrap up, Cindy, just any final thoughts for everybody who's been listening to the whole conversation?
1: Well, right now we have had a great reset with the pandemic and a great opportunity as we've been locked away, uh, to really connect and really spend this time in prayer and really see what God is saying. And there's a fresh hope for me, no Mm. matter what's happening out there in the world, no matter what's happening on the street, in the political market, and no matter what's happening, because we have been stowed away in our homes safely, most of us are safe. Um, No matter if we have been stowed away in our homes, that we can have hope, new hope, a reset, and that God is bringing opportunities. I mean, we seriously were not able to do the things we do with Moringa. I was not able to have my gallery open. I was not able to do life as normal. But because of that, I prayed one day with my husband. We came into agreement. We put everything on paper. And the next day, this fantastic opportunity drops in my lap out of nowhere, and I took it and run with it once again, because here we were praying. Here we were the next day. God sends a life raft. And now I'm off on a new adventure of healing and wellness and have opened a consulting business where I can work with people via Zoom or in person. So it's been just an amazing adventure. And it just gets getting greater. So God brings us hope. No matter whether we're stuck in a pandemic, stuck in our car in a traffic jam, stuck in a business that is filled with chaos, we have hope. And because of that, it seems like blessings follow us wherever we go because we choose to put our eyes on him and not the situation. So that's my encouragement for today. Don't lose hope because discouragement is the greatest tool of the enemy. We have to remember the enemy is defeated.
0: Yes. What a great way to just summarize this conversation. And Cindy, just thank you so so much for who you are, what you've done for me, what I know you've done for our friend, for our whole community, Steve Ryder, uh, through everything that he's going through with the, the passing of his wife. And you're just an amazing woman. And I'm so thankful and grateful that God just crossed our paths. So you're awesome.
1: Well, amen, and thank you and blessings to each person that listens to this. I hope God just gives you an encounter right there as you're listening.